Thank you for uh, tuning in today, spending a few minutes with me as we continue on in uh, my testimony and uh, the journey of a lifetime. So we are going to jump right back into uh, the story and uh, find out what happens next. Last time I left you, uh, I left you with a date of October 2nd, 1994. And... Uh, what happened on that day that really changed my life forever after I had been praying in the truck for those two years. Uh, and so I want to continue on uh, right from there. So what what happened was um, I had prayed all that time and nothing had really happened, uh, you know, on the outside. Uh, everything was just kind of normal, uh, if you want to call all the crazy stuff going on normal, but that had become normal in my life. And so, uh, so what happened was in the midst of all this craziness, um, we came to October 2nd, 1994. And it was on a, happened to fall on a Sunday And that Sunday, I was going to uh, a church gathering that was meeting in a high school auditorium, gymnasium type thing where we, we would set up all the chairs on the Sunday morning and then uh, have the service and then put all the chairs back. And then there was a Sunday evening meeting that we met in another building um, that was rented just for the evening service, a smaller building. So that morning I went like normal and uh, my brother went to the same 
place. So I usually sat with him and uh, at this point in time he had he had gone through a divorce and was uh, and was remarried. Yeah, I don't even think he'd been married for a whole year. But I would usually sit with him and his new wife. So we were we were in the service and after the service was over, him and I helped put the chairs away and it was a beautiful sunny Sunday and so we were standing out on the sidewalk after the service and I was talking to him and he was kind of bummed out as he was a lot of the time because he was in a job he really didn't like and that was one of the big downsides of his life and even though he made really good money at it, it he wasn't happy there and but he didn't want to really leave and so it was a you know it was always an ongoing issue and so he was talking about that and how he had gotten bypassed for a big promotion and so he was you know he was bummed out about that so i said well i'll uh, i'll come by this afternoon and hang out for a little bit and uh you know then we'll go to the evening service so I left, and I, I don't know what I did after that for sure, but I got a call from my wife that I was separated from at the time, and um, she said one of the girls' uh, water beds was leaking, and would I come by and, and, and find the leaking patch and fix it. So I went by the house and I worked on the waterbed and of course that took a while and so by the time I was done you know the afternoon was pretty much gone and so I really didn't have time to go up to my brothers and hang out like I was gonna do so I just you know got cleaned up and went went down for the evening service started uh, started at six o'clock so I pulled into the parking lot and I parked and I thought, well, I'll just I'll just wait here, you know, because he's pretty pretty on time all the time, so he should be here in a few minutes. So I was waiting in the parking lot and this uh, this lady came out from from the church, the building, and uh, I knew who she was. She knocked on the window and. Uh, so I put the window down. She said, hey, uh, you need to come inside. And I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in. I'm just waiting on Dan, you know, my brother. She said, well, could you please come in? And uh, I said, uh, yeah, okay. And I thought that was a little weird, you know, and so we were walking into the building and I kind of had this feeling that something was wrong. And, but I didn't know what it was or who it was. So I went in, I sat down and there wasn't really many people there yet. 
So we sat down in the back row on these pews, and she sat down beside me, and she said, uh, she said, Larry, she said, it's your brother Dan. She said about 4.30 or or so, or five, uh, he had a, a massive heart attack and they couldn't save him. And I was like, I, I was like instantly numb. I mean, I I didn't I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I and I said, uh, I said, are you kidding me? And she said, no, I'm very very sorry. She said, but she said Dan has passed away. And I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. No, no, this couldn't be true. This doesn't happen to to me, you know, this happens to other people. But, you know, it could never happen to me, right? And so, you know, I was in complete shock. And I... I didn't know what to do, you know. I mean, I just, I just sat there. I almost fell on the floor. I just, I just was, my mind was just going a million miles an hour. You know, there were so many things that were gonna change in so many lives because if he was really gone, it was going to change a lot of things for a lot of people. And so I, 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 I just sat there, you know, and she said, well, this was before cell phones, you know, or before I had one. She said, well, there's a phone in the office if you need to call anybody. I said, well, does anybody know? You know, anybody in my family know? And she said, I don't think so. She said the pastor left about half an hour before you got here and went up went up to Dan's house. And uh, so I went into the office and I called my parents first. And my dad answered the phone and I I said, Dad, I, I hate to tell you this, but your oldest son, Dan, uh, had a heart attack an hour or so ago and they couldn't save him, he, he passed away. And he uh, was pretty quiet. And then he said, well, he said, I'll get your mom and and we'll go up to the house. I said, okay, I'll meet you there. And then I made some other phone calls and 
And then I went out and got in my car and I proceeded to drive about 25 minutes to my brother's house. Uh, actually, him and his wife were were living at his at at his wife's mother's house because they she had a big house. Her husband had passed away a, a year or so before, or five years before, and they were on this hundred acre beautiful piece of land on top of this hill overlooking Portland and Vancouver and and she had given Dan and his new wife uh, five acres and they had just broke ground to build a, a new house and, and the well ha was just being dug and uh, for the start of their new house. So I went up to that house and I uh, I walked in and my mom and dad were already there and some other people and Dan was still laying on the floor with some tube in his mouth where they had tried to resuscitate him and but the emergency workers were already gone and uh, there he was just laying on the floor. And, uh, yeah, he was gone. Just his body, you know, just a shell. You know, just an absolute shell. Nothing, no life inside. He was gone. Dan, the spirit man, was gone. Gone home forever to be with Jesus. And there was his body, and uh, I... I held his hand and it was cold and uh, not too stiff yet, but you know, I mean, it was lifeless. And I, you know, I just couldn't e even being there with him and, and I mean, with his body and I just couldn't, you know, when something like this happens, you know, it's so traumatic, it's such a shock, you know, because it's like just a few hours before I was talking to him out on the sidewalk at, outside, you know, of the church service. I was just talking with him a few hours before. And now I'm sitting by his dead body and you know i'm i'm in complete shock you know this, this just did me in totally did me in and so you know then we had to make funeral arrangements and all that and i was shocked at how somebody's life he was only 52 years old so i was shocked at how at you know, 52 years of life, and yet in an obituary, you write out, you know, you write out a whole person's life in one or two paragraphs. You know, they lived, they died, they worked here, they did this, and, you know, and that's it. You know, it's amazing. But, you know, when I was up at the house there with his body uh, for a few hours, and then I don't know how long it was, but the the mortician came, the county coroner, whoever it was, in a in a black van, and they uh, 
they put him in a body bag and zipped it up and put him in the back of that van and I uh, I watched as the tail lights of that van disappeared into the darkest night of my life. And it was like, wow, you've got to be kidding me. My best friend, my only brother, the only person who knows me to the point that he knows me is gone. We were very, very close and he's gone. Boom. Well, I uh, I was still staying at my parents' house because I was separated, you know, from my wife still at that time. And uh, so I drove down and I, I was I was leaving the, the house. I, I was in the car. I drove out of the driveway and then there was kind of a long driveway out to the main road. And I was and as I was driving out on that stretch from the house to the main road there on that, that longer stretch through a field about eleven o'clock at night. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me so plain and so clear. And he said, Larry, if you are ever going to do what I called you to do, now would be the time. And I was like, what? Now would be the time? I was thinking, man, it's really bad timing. You know, now would be the time. My brother just died. And now would be the time. If I'm ever going to do what I'm called to do, now would be the time. But that's what the Holy Spirit said when I was driving out. So I went back to my parents' house that night. And all I could do was hear those words ringing in my head. If you're ever going to do what I, I've called you to do, now would be the time. And I, I couldn't sleep, you know, I just, I just laid there for hours hearing those words rattling around in the back of my head. Now would be the time. But of course, I had a lot of questions. Now would be the time, but but what time is that? And when is it? And what what do I do? You know, I had all these questions. So. I'm going to leave it right there for this week. And next week we'll uh, continue on. 
we'll continue on from there and we'll find out what happens uh, after the Holy Spirit spoke those words to me. So this is Larry, Acts 29 today. We'll catch you on the next one. God bless.